Sean, are you a Ramones guy? I am. I'm not a giant Ramones guy, but you can't disrespect the Ramones because, and this to me is the most important thing about being a human being and being alive, there's never been another band like them. There have been bands with similar sounds, but between the look, the sound, the arc they curved during their particular place in space-time, nobody liked the Ramones. Nobody. Oh. And, Sounds uh, of Summer. I, well, I started thinking about him right away this morning. My dad, my 79-year-old father, went on the operating table this morning battling lung cancer. The prognosis is good, but it's still cancer, and fuck cancer, by the way, an official position that we take here on the Brian Oak Show podcast. Um, and it looks good. Apparently, he just got off the table, haven't heard back anything yet, but earlier this morning at about 5 a.m., my mother and I had a brief interchange on text that went, me, good morning, please give dad my best, good luck, from my mom. Dad says thanks, big smiley face heart emoji. He just got shaved, and he wants me to tell you that he just spent, or he just had his armpit shaved for the first time in 79 years. Laughy, laughter emoji, and then he's singing, I want to be sedated. I think he was ready for this to be over. He wants the surgery to get done. Yeah. Again, the prognosis is good. It's just one never knows, and I laughed, and she, I said, love you both, and he said, we love you too. So that's for my dad, who laying there, freshly shaven, apparently, <laughs> in the hospital, was like, I want to be sedated. Let's just do this thing. You know, my my dad gets, he's like me. He's utterly patient until he's not. And then it's time like, to get the fucking, fucking thing go. done. You have, by the way, I'm just going to say this quickly. I'm not pretending that I'm super tight with your parents. I'm yeah. not, but I've met them several times. You have really good parents. Amazing I mean, they're just parents. really, there's no bullshit. They're really good people. They're incredible very people. Fortunate. Yeah. I, I, I said that this morning when I made that post and I shared that particular thing that I just shared with you on social media. I have the best parents anybody could ask for. They really are fantastic. I mean, really my dad are. was, when I was young, you know, he was stoic and weird and distant. Um, but my mother is probably the most caring nurturer I've ever known in my entire life. And not just because she's my mom. Of course, I'm going to gravitate towards that. But I knew people who hated their fucking moms. I never disliked my parents at any point ever in my life. The other thing is, like, they, they both have a sense of humor. But one of my favorite moments in meeting your dad was you were telling a story and he's like all serious, and he's like, yeah, and then I started crying, and his dad just goes, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just fantastic. It's, I just it, lost my mind. It's I was like, so this my is dad, so great. Because he's not that kind <laughs> no, of a I guy. No, I know he's that. I know he's that. But, That's why it was... But he picks perfect. his spots, right? Yes, like, he doesn't yes. talk like That's that. That's a freaking jab, right? But then there. just like right there, like just like a smack yes. upside the side of the head. Yep. Well, anyway, happy recovery and, and fast recovery to my dad and peace to my mother and my sister who are at the hospital now. I'll be heading Word there afterwards. <laughs> Don't talk about my mother like that. It's the Brian Oak Show, episode 338. I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. And we are here in the Smart Start MN Studios in South Minneapolis. What are we doing here? Well, this is where we do the Brian Oak Show podcast. And Smart Start MN is the reason we have a studio, the reason that we got off the ground in the first place, and the reason that here we are are we really coming up on four years this winter? Yeah, November 11th, four years. What? Anyway, coming up, they've been with us before day one and to this day. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means you drink, you drive, you have screwed up royally, like in the biggest possible way. But hopefully no one got hurt, and hopefully there was no property damage. And now you just need to figure out how to put the pieces of your life back together, like getting back behind the wheel of your car and driving. And Smart Start MN gets you there. They're the ones who were, they helped 
They're, they're essentially the architects of the ignition interlock system here in Minnesota, working along with the legislature and the government. Yeah, and they made it really affordable in the first place, but they can save you extra money by going to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you an extra 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. And you're going to want to be saving money because every time you go to court or pay a fine or have to do all these other things, you're going to find that it's not an inexpensive procedure. Smart Start MN can take a little of the sting out of it and let you drive to some of these places where you're writing giant checks. Again, don't drink and drive, but if you do, talk to our friends at Smart Start MN. Also, we should probably thank Sean Bernard because he's a hardworking man. He's a family man. He's a good guy. He is a decent individual who cares about the welfare of others and also loves this town as much as anybody I know who's ever lived in it, with the possible exception of today's return guest, who we'll talk about in just a moment. But Sean Bernard is also a realtor in this area, and he loves the area. He knows the area, and if this is a place you want to live, Sean Bernard's probably your guy. Thank you for saying that. I, I hope I am. I had a. I just met with somebody uh, the other day, and her in-laws are actually getting to an age where it's time for them to consider downsizing. Right. Uh, probably not into assisted living at this point, but maybe like a one level or that sort of thing. And she mm-hmm. said, "Do you do that sort of thing?" I said, "I have done it several times because when you re- reach our age, a lot of our parents are getting to that point where." Maybe they don't want to hike up and down, you know, three flights of stairs anymore. And Maybe. <laughs> deal with all that stuff. I don't want to hike up and down exactly. three flights of stairs anymore. I feel so sane right now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we walked through it. Uh, by the way, I won't mention this person's name, so it's still confidential. But here's what you don't do. Don't, like, come to town and visit your parents and tell them what they're going to be doing next. Yeah. That's a really bad idea. It, what, because at that age, you're already feeling like you're losing your independence. Maybe one of you is being told you probably shouldn't drive anymore. Right. Don't come in and tell your parents what to do. Show them options. And that's what I tried to do. I said, well, let's, the first thing we're going to do is I'm going to go in and ask questions. I'm going to talk to them about you know, what they want. You know, I found out dad loves to garden. Well, we can find a community where he can still garden and maybe meet some other nice folks. Yep. Um, are they social? Are they not social? Where do they want to live? Like what matters to them? But when they get to be part of the choice, it matters a ton. So I'm actually going to show them a bunch of places just so they have an idea of what's out there because they've been in the same place for 38 years. That's so, wild, man. Yeah. So 612-859-2594. She did text me, by the way, because she said, you always say on the show that number is also textable. It is, in fact. I wonder, when my time comes, are you going to be able to help me find a weird, dimly lit cave with stalactites and stalagmites that have friendly bats and a couple of creatures of darkness that no one can quite identify, but are kind and bring warmth to my heart as I sit there reading my baleful tomes. What I think we can do it, but I'm saying is they probably won't ex, um, accept FHA. On that, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to talk to a repeat customer a on repeat the Brian Fender. Recidivism. Exactly right uh, on the Brian Oak Show. Um, I'm not going to tell you his name yet. I'm just going to tell you he's heavily tatted. He willingly jumps out of airplanes when there's perfectly good ground to stand on. Uh, he is a, a, a He's an expat. I was going to say a pro librarian. He did did recently leave Minnesota. I think he didn't 
wasn't ultimately desiring it, but I think he's very happy in his new home out on some lovely farmland in Vermont. John Copeland will be joining us just ahead, but I want to play one more song for my dad, if that's okay, before we get Absolutely. into it. Um, I just, I'm, I've been thinking about it a lot, you know, in, in recent weeks, ever since he got his lung cancer diagnosis. And, um, I, you know, the, as I said, the prognosis is good, but it's still cancer, and cancer can go fuck itself. Yep. And you just, you never know how it's going to go. So I've been thinking about him a lot lately. And this morning he was on the table for four hours or so. Supposedly things are good, but I'm waiting on a phone call right now. Uh, but I wanted to play a song that he played all the time when i was a kid and at the time i didn't appreciate it at all i'm like is this country is this folk song I, I what the fuck is this and it turned out it was legendary texas singer songwriter jerry jeff walker and this isn't even his song it's a guy clark song but um somewhere in my 30s this came up again somewhere for me you know this is pre-ipad or ipod or any of that stuff and i found it somewhere and i was like Holy shit, that's a good song, and I got to hear it my entire youth. So this one's going out to my dad. It's Jerry Jeff Walker with his take on L.A. Freeway on The Brian Oak Show. Don't you cry, hey. 
Jerry Jeff Walker on the Brian Oak Show. Uh, yeah, episode 238. No, How many episodes? Numbers are hard. My name is Brian, and that is Sean. And we are joined today by, as I mentioned before, the very heavily tatted, more than willing to jump out of an airplane, librarian who has, and this is this is going to sound like an audacious claim, but I believe it to be true. He alone has seen more shows than you and I have seen combined. And Sean, I know you've seen a lot of music. Yeah. And I've seen a ton of music. He might even double that number because he can't stop. I'm worried that he has a problem. We may have to take him to a small town hotel, motel rather, and deprogram him in a motel room for a couple of weeks because, damn, John Colpin likes some music. John, uh, you recently moved away from Minnesota uh, to Vermont, and now you're back. It's lovely to see your face. Hello. Well, hello. Hey. Great to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you back. So, I don't know. I mean, we could start at the beginning. You've been on so many times before, and we've talked about your long legacy of librarianism, your tattoos, your willingness to jump out of airplanes. When it's a perfectly good airplane, it could fly you to where you're going, but you're like, nope, I'm going to jump out. I'm cool. Uh, We've talked about all that stuff, but not so long ago, you pulled up stakes from Minnesota to Vermont. Can you remind us again why you decided to do that? Yeah, we had been planning to do it for many years. I've promised my wife, Westy, that we'd move out there, retire someday, and her uh, whole family is out there. It's kind of where she's from, Mm -hmm. and we had lots of years here in Minneapolis, so we decided it was finally time to do it, so... I feel like yeah. you're the kind of person that you could plop down in almost any scenario. Like, you know, like when you look at some of those reality shows like Lost, or not Lost, but uh, Alone. Alone, I feel like Copeland, as long as it was near a venue, he'd probably be okay. As long you as he can see music. a band yeah, every exactly, night. Exactly, exactly. Alone with I, a band. I need, <laughs> I need to fashion my shelter, and I've got to find a way to get this fishing net fixed, but also I'm on my way to see rough francis tonight so i'm gonna i'll be back i need a helicopter right out of here but i'll be back right away probably before midnight um how has life been in vermont since you've uh since you've relocated it's been great um yeah the the whole music thing like everybody knows i'm a music freak so um and not just with the music with just about anything you got to do a ton of driving in vermont because nothing's like it's not like being here where you can just hop on the bus or get an uber or whatever well, you live out so, in the sticks a little bit too, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of driving to get to places. And so I'm used to driving long distances to get to music and taking trips into different cities, different places, um, long road trips with my son sometimes and mm-hmm. this and that. Um, but, yeah, uh, but I love it. I, you just get used to it. And the roads out there are nice to drive on. It's not. Well, you're also living in one of the most picturesque portions of the entire United States, right? Like, I've never been that far north in New England, but Vermont, from the pictures I see you and your partner share, it's it's hilly in the best possible way. It's not sharp, jagged mountains like the Tetons or, you know, the Great Barrier Peaks, but it's this gorgeous rolling. There are valleys, there are hills, and it's beauty as far as the eye can see from your perspective, right? That's right. We love our mountains. We love our hills. Um, we've got, you know, that's the other thing about living there is it's so nice. We've got this large property with all kinds of trails and trees and, um, you know, everything. And the swimming holes and stuff and like the, that. Yeah, we got, a, we got a pond that we jump in. and For real? You, you know, got like an actual proper swimming hole? Yes. That's yeah, fabulous. Right there, it's like go out and have happy hour at the pond or whatever. So, go on. So it's a beautiful place <laughs> to live. And, um, you know, the, 
the nearest neighbors are, you know, a half mile down the road or whatever. It's that sounds not, about right. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's a wonderful place to live. And it's just, yeah, getting used to a new scene. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, and some people be like, well, that's not a scene. That's living out in the sticks. I'm like, no, 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 no. As a lifelong camper and a lifelong outdoors person, less so in recent years, but for much of my life, that was my jam. Now, I've never been uh, sort of a harvester, but I noticed that you and your partner, you go out, you harvest mushrooms, you harvest local goods, you spend literally hours and hours and hours, dozens, if not hundreds, walking the trails. You're making the most of a Vermont lifestyle. Yeah, well, Westy, my wife, is just a incredible forager and loves doing that, and so uh, I've gotten into it as well. And yeah. I mean, we've been finding lately just tons and tons of different kinds of edible mushrooms. I keep seeing her pictures on Facebook of those edible mushrooms, and I'm like, I'm not a big mushroom guy, but to have the knowledge and sort of that that sort of wherewithal to be, wander through the woods and be like, oh, that's brilliant. And and then she'll share a picture of the bounty she's collected. I mean, she must come home floating some of those days with all the goods she's found. Oh, yeah. And and she does her homework, too. Like, we've got books on mushrooms. And, you know, she just she really makes sure, like, I'm not sure if this one's edible. <laughs> and she'll, you know, and she's on Facebook forums and talking to people and looking up at the books. And so she makes sure that she takes care of us and doesn't feed us something bad because there's a lot of stuff out there you can't eat. Well, I mean, but, there's there's know. some of it that's straight up poisonous that will kill you. Yeah. There's also some of it that sort of sends you to a far off, interesting, mystical land. <laughs> yeah. Any accidental trip so far? No. <laughs> None. Okay. All right. Make it just, let me ask you this then, because I know that both you and Westy, maybe Westy even more than you, are avid out of airplane jumpers. Do you still do that out there at all? A little bit. I have done very little jumping um, in the last year or so. We uh, Since I've been here, we went out in December. At one time, they were having a special jump day, and I think I went out and did a few jumps in May. But I've done very little compared to what I used to do. Um, Westy tries to get out more as much as she can. I think she's she's definitely done more than I have. I, I do hope to get back into it. But it's been like the pl- one of the places we jumped at, they kind of lost use of their airport this season because they're doing construction. And so right. it's kind of harder to go there. And there's been various things. But So I'm trying to keep my toes my knees in the breeze as it were i got it so i mean it's all but it's all sort of um situational right like i mean you still love it you still love to do it yeah something wrong with you man uh two things before we go any further before we get to our first songs i hate to talk too long before going to a song sean as i know you know and i know there might be one or two other people but i believe that we're in the presence of the only person who's ever listened to every single episode of our podcast it's kind of humbling. It's kind of, I, I don't expect that of anyone. I always think, yeah, if you can catch an episode here, that'd, that'd yeah. be great. Well, that's, that, like, that's, that's what reasonable. I hope for. That, yeah. That's yeah. the way it's supposed to go. But John, I, I, John loves music and loves this community so much. I think that's why you listen, right? Not yeah. necessarily because we are a couple of sparkling personalities. Not at all. But it's a good way to stay in touch <laughs> with a place that you love, man. A place you called home for a long time. Well, yeah. And like you said, you're coming up on four years. I started listening from the very beginning. So it's two episodes a week. Like if I just discovered the show now, it would be hard to, you know, do Go that. Go back but, and but, do but, the work. But yeah. easily, easy to just, you know, keep up with one or two episodes a week. Yeah. And, you know, like I said in an email that I don't know if you guys um, read yet or whatever, but I, I often just do it when driving because we drive long distances. And occasionally uh, I was listening to the ABBA 
or the Katie Vernon, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely yeah. fabulous episode. That day, I happened to decide to download it and listen while walking in the woods. <laughs> so I'm listening to ABBA songs <laughs> and you guys talking about that and stuff, and I'm finding mushrooms and you know going on these trails and getting lost. And it, yeah, it's kind of it's cool. See that. that that's something that is wild to me because I imagine people grinding away at work, pretending to work, and then listening to a podcast. With earbuds or, in, yeah. yeah, people sitting at home or in the car. That makes sense, right? People listen to audiobooks. They listen to mm-hmm. radio. They listen to podcasts. But out there in the woods, doing your foraging thing, doing your Vermont wilderness thing, and listening to this silly little show of ours, I like that very much. Yeah. I'm going to save my second question for the other side of the song because I want to get music in before we go too much longer. You're going to play music from a band that... Um, really only came into my purview less than 10 years ago. Obviously, they existed much, much before that. But I knew nothing about this band. And then once I heard about them, I went. I did a deep dive. I learned everything I could and listened to everything I could. Tell me about, and again, I think sometimes people get the wrong idea when they hear the band's name. Tell me about the band Death. Yeah, Death is a cool band that uh, was formed in the early to mid-70s. Um, and they're kind of proto-punk. You know, people are going, man, they were doing like Ramones kind of stuff before the Ramones even existed. Mm-hmm. Um, rock and roll. Uh, and it's at, by a- African-American dude, three African-American dudes yep. um, from Detroit. And they really never made it and never uh, got off the ground and stuff like that. And so then they disbanded the group eventually. And one of the guys moved to Burlington, Vermont and formed a reggae band called Lamb's Bread, mm-hmm. which it turns out that my wife used to go and see and dance to when she was in college at Middlebury College. So what? there's all these twisted connections. Um, but then somehow death got rediscovered, like, I don't know, 15 years ago or exactly. something. I, whenever that started to bubble up again, I'm like, who the fuck is death? I've never heard of them. And they're kind of great. Like there was one song that got out and was on, someone made a digital file of or something, and then somehow it got back to... Um, the guy who moved to Vermont, Bobby Hackney Sr., um, he had three sons, and one of their sons like heard about this and, and f- heard the song and knew it was his dad and like, Dad, tell me you still have the master tapes. And he's like, oh, yeah, they're sitting up in the attic or something. <laughs> and they ended Think up, about that. Yeah. So they ended up coming out um, eventually, and then there was a film that you can find called A Band Called Death. And so the... Death is in there, but these their sons are in there, too, because it turned out then the sons got excited about music, and they formed a band called Rough Francis as a tribute. It started out at 100% as a tribute to Death, and they just did Death songs because really? they wanted to get them out there. And then they ended up, um, you know, start now they do their own music. Yeah. And uh, both Death and Rough Francis are going to be uh, doing an album together, and I hope some shows, like they're now melding the two bands the two bands and and it, just this whole thing so well you happen to be wearing a rough francis t-shirt and we're going to talk more about rough francis coming up because that post you made the other day about the drummer was an eye-opener for me and once again much like you being a librarian someone says something you find interesting you have the resources to go take a look and learn more about it luckily we have the internet these days so when someone brings up music i've never heard of i went and did a deep dive but before we go there uh let's go ahead and hear a little music from death is that cool with you yep death it is
I see here by the itinerary you've sent me <laughs> that you have seen that particular band right there, Rough Francis, a couple times at Positive Pie Pizza in Montpelier, Vermont. That's the capital, correct? Yes, Montpelier is the capital of Vermont. Thank you very much. I just passed the quiz. I'll take my gold star now, teacher. Rough Francis is related how to the band we heard before, Death? So Bobby Hackney Sr. It was a member of Death, or is a member of Death, because mm-hmm. they're, they're back together again. Right. Uh, I believe he played bass 
Uh, and so it's it's his sons. It's his three sons. Really, the entire band. All well, his well, children, no, there's and, and, and then no, there and there's one other guy in the band. So okay. it's like all right, but his three sons. Largely, it, yeah, it's the core of the band. I guess you would say. Um, so yeah, like I said, they, they, those two songs go together because it was death, and then it's their their sons who started out as a tribute to death and now do their own thing. It's like the, Greek mythology turning into Roman mythology, right? I mean, we're following a timeline here, and we're watching the subtle changes. But obviously, there is clearly an aesthetic influence that carries on from one band to the other. Yeah, and it's funny you listen to that, you know, kind of hardcore stuff. Uh-huh. And I, I've met. Uh, some of the guys in Rough Francis, and they're the nicest guys ever. <laughs> there was a local guy, Joseph Patini, who's a you know man about town and I'm also familiar. a musician. He's got Danger Pins is his band now. They're really cool. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he told me he knows the singer Bobby Hackney Jr. for for Rough Francis, and said, "Well, if you go see them, you got to give them a hug from from me." And so I found him like I saw him last October at a outdoor place, and and. He was hanging out by the stage and after the show, and I said, yeah, I, Bob, Joseph Patini told me to give you a hug. And, and he's like, okay. And he gives me a big <laughs> hug, and then we chat, and I, you know, I've chatted with him a few other times. So wow. They're cool dudes, yeah. Right on. Before we continue with John Copeland, because I have a couple of very serious questions for you, um, we should take care of Moxie Wealth Management. Moxie Wealth Management is a local group, and what they do is take a comprehensive approach to wealth management. And I, I, I guess I'm, I always speak from experience, and I let my own opinion flavor what I say about them, because when I look at what I have, I don't have wealth, but I probably have enough to benefit from talking to the people at Moxie, because they take a team approach. They look at your resources. They look at your property. They look at your taxes situation any investments they look at all of it and you're like i don't have enough worth considering well if you don't have enough worth considering you may want to consider it because it's not going to go very far once it's time to fall back on that stuff and that's where moxie wealth management comes in by the way if you do have a lot of wealth and you're not like maybe the three people on this podcast lucky then also call Moxie Wealth Management. Oh, no, <laughs> Not just who should oh, also no, no. say. If you give them good toys to play with, they're going to show you. They're going to dazzle you. They're going to be like Gandalf. It's going. It's. I mean, it's not going to be as effortless. But that doesn't mean that the average person out there doesn't have the resources or the things necessary or enough time out in front of you to start doing a better job of making sure you're taken care of further down the road. Yeah, now's the time to do it. Like in some situations, you the average person might not know. Oh, if I were to invest in this. I'm going to have tax benefits there, so I'm not going to have to pay as much in taxes or whatever it happens to be. Right. And that money could go towards retirement and a tax-deferred program, et cetera, et cetera. You can clearly tell I'm not a financial planner, but I know <laughs> I know enough. We know uh, we know some good ones, though. We know some good ones. Go to moxiewealthmanagement.com. Set a no-obligation appointment today. Tell them you came from the Brian Oak Show, and they'll sit down with you and kind of talk to you about a plan for your financial future which i know a lot of people like i didn't tune into this to hear that but guess what there's going to be a time because like you just said the time to talk talk is now actually the time to talk to them was 20 years ago yeah so don't wait any longer moxiewealthmanagement.com uh john copeland i have a couple of questions for you and i want you to pretend like you're sitting in front of the grand jury and that you've sworn to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth john did you in fact see guar last night Yes, I did. Interesting, Mr. Copeland. Uh, the former, what was the, the previous lead singer's name? Horundus or Harungus or? Uh, o- Otis, Otis Urungus, o- Otis Urungus. So, there that, we go. Yeah, something like that. But he's gone now, right? Rest in peace. Yep. yep. Yeah, and, but now they have a new female lead singer. So 
Don't they? No, no. Oh, they did for a minute. Yeah, no. The the, the singer's this big burly dude. Well, I, I mean that who. that seems more guar like, but I know for a minute they had at least a woman filling in briefly after Odious's passing um let me ask you this because i've seen guar twice before do they still cover the audience in questionable substances while they're out there playing oh yeah and people like there were dudes there last night who were wearing like shorts and like a butcher's white butcher's apron because they wanted to a lot of wanted the stuff yeah a lot of people wear white t-shirts to guar because you know they want to you know they want the gore and the nastiness all over yeah and they had like the uh like going to a gallagher show the soundboard (laughs) had little tarps over it and some of the lights had plastic over it because they know you know that they don't want to get ruined by the stuff when i saw them and this was my god 20 years ago 15 years ago at least i knew that there was a spectacle and i knew there would be great costuming and i also knew that they brought the heavy rock with them i wasn't quite ready for the amount of that they decided to put on everybody in the audience yeah, one time a number of years ago, I went to the Guar show at First Avenue, and I bought the VIP deal, and so I got to see Soundcheck when they were out of costume and sworn not to take any pictures and wow. and meet the guys and stuff. Um, and then later, you got to go backstage when they were fully costumed. And then the uh, the best part of it was at the last song, which they always do ACDCs. If you want blood, you got it, <gasps> and that's where the and, blood and, comes and, out. And, well, they do it all through the show, yeah, yeah. But, they, but they do that song, and I got pulled up onto the stage on. by their slaves and fed through the meat grinder behind the stage. Well, you know, fake, whatever, but That's it's a part day of the wrecker. show. Well, I, I'm, 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 I, I was able to assume and figure out and deduce that it probably was a fake meat grinder as yeah. you're sitting here in front of us, but of course, they, I'm sure it makes noise and moves and sprays blood everywhere, and... How fabulous, man. That must have been a blast. Yeah, that was super fun. That was one of the funner things. <laughs> Where yeah. and that was that in First Avenue? That was at First Avenue. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Question number two, Mr. Copeland. Is it true or false that since you've been back in Minnesota, and I'm not sure, four or five days now, something like that? I came in Saturday evening. Okay, very good. Uh, so not quite that, but yeah, you're here for a little while. Have you already had new ink added to your body since you've been back? Yes, I have. Okay, now I, and here's where <laughs> here's where my further line of questioning goes, Your Honor. Um, there's not a lot of blank canvas left on you. You're kind of tatted up. Um, where did you and when? Where did you get it? And what did you get? Oh, uh-oh, here we go. Oh, here comes. Here we the go. Pants. pants are coming off. Look Ooh. at that. Is that a sandworm from Beetlejuice? Yeah, it's a whole Beetlejuice uh, uh, tattoo. Because if you read my emails yes. or whatever, oh, I did. we could talk about that. Let's um, talk about it right now. Okay, let, let's not bury the lead on this one. Because So not only you have brand... Fresh ink is cool, isn't it? I mean, I know you've yeah. got so much ink, you're probably bored with it by now. But like brand new fresh ink is a good feeling. I don't like the feeling of getting a tattoo. I've got the one and I'm never getting another one. Um, but that's cool. But living out in Vermont... You, in addition to all your other accolades, by far the person who's seen more shows than anyone else I've known in my entire life, punk rock librarian, completely tatted up, world traveler, jumps out of airplanes, you now are also an official Hollywood extra. Yeah, I, is, is that I guess fair? so. Yep, yep. Yeah, and so Beetlejuice 2 is currently filming, right? Yeah, right now everything's on hold because there's the strike. The strike. Yes. Right, right, right. So, um, but it, you know, they they did a month and a half of filming in England somewhere. Okay. All the interior scenes and a lot of the stuff, and then they spent three days filming in East Corinth, Vermont, and I live in Corinth, Vermont. So I mean, handy. 
The cool thing is, I, so I've heard about this because the original Beetlejuice was filmed in 87, I think, and came out in 88. Mm-hmm. And somehow they scouted and found our town, Corinth, Vermont. Um, and they built the Beetlejuice house. They made a bridge that's not usually a covered bridge. They made it into a covered bridge. Uh-huh. And other... We're talking about the original Beetlejuice now, Yeah, this, right? is, this is the original Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they did that. And at the time, you know, nobody, like Winona Ryder wasn't a big star. And, you know, of course, the people, when they were filming it, nobody knew that, you know, what Beetlejuice was yet because it, you know, hadn't come out. Um, so I've heard about this. I never even realized exactly where it had been that these things were built. But then all of a sudden, a few months ago, like all there's like talk about town, like it's coming. They're doing it again. Dun, dun, and dun, they dun. built and all we saw the house go up on the hill, like just very close to the general store where, you know, we drop our kid off to catch the school bus every day and you was know, this the original location of the first house yeah the original really? location it's up on this and the, big hill and that since got torn down and now they built a new one yeah and they've already torn that down because it was just a set piece it wasn't a real house right the, right the landowner didn't want to keep it up people are like you should keep it and have it be a tourist thing but and the landowner's no. like the fuck i want all those weirdos coming yeah. around here for <laughs> and they already no took, thank you they already took the cover off the original covered bridge there's this little tiny ski slope called northeast slopes and they it was donated to them and it's still there as like a storage shed. But so then they, so they built all this stuff again and I'm thinking like, wow, how can I get involved in this? This is, this is fun. Or I just want to, you know, I just want to be able to see like Winona Ryder walk by or Tim Burton or something like that. Right. Um, and then I was at the general store and the woman who runs the general store said, Oh, I've seen on social media, you know, something that you were, excited about the Beetlejuice stuff. And I said, yeah. She's like, well, the production company has been in contact with me, um, and they're just quietly, they're not putting out an official call, but, you know, I'm taking pictures of people who are interested in sending it to them and to about extras. And I said, sure, take my picture. I'd just been there getting gas, and I was going to pay for my gas. And mm-hmm. she's like, took my picture and all my contact info, and then I got an email from a lady saying, well... Would you, the producers like you? Would you like to be an extra on you know these days? And luckily, I wasn't working those days and mm-hmm. stuff. But I said, heck yeah! <laughs> so and so, when it comes to being an extra in a Hollywood production, because yes, it's happening in Vermont, but let's be clear, there are high expectations for Beetlejuice too. This is a major Hollywood production. Were you surprised, or was it just as expected with how much production was out there, even for extra shots and that kind of thing? And who did you play? Did they costume you? Did you just show up as yourself? Well, it was, okay, so so here's the thing. I, I sort of... I'm not sure exactly what I signed, but supposedly... <laughs> no, no, you, I'm not asking no, no, for no. any stories. Or any, I know that you can't talk about the actual nature of the production, right? but I'm just wondering, like, was it was it a massive expanse of trucks and trailers and equipment, or, yes. or was it a relatively stripped-down situation? No, it was massive, uh, what you first thing you said, pretty much. And so, yeah, I mean, I just I can't tell what, what you know, the plot points of the scene that was filmed and stuff, but I can probably talk about stuff that's just common knowledge because everybody knows it. You know, there are photos and this and that. You were dressed like a plague doctor, weren't and, you? And that is, when I was dressed in a full formal suit with Go tie on. and suit jacket, and I, it, you know... You don't have to so, tell me how it relates to the story. I just no, want, no, I'm not. I want no, to know no, what the day was like. No, but I was trying to... So it was like, undershirt, white shirt, 
jacket and then uh, like outer jacket. So I was in this, and it was like one of the hottest days in July. Of course. And we had to be like filming in these full suit jackets because it was supposed to be in the fall or something. Anyway, um, and so the day before I had to go to like the little uh, local school to um, for a costume, you know, or what a dressing, I guess they call it. Yeah. And they found a fitting, perhaps a fitting, a fitting. That's the word. That's right. exactly what they said it was. And, you know, I got paid 30 bucks just for doing that. And then they, um, yeah, they found, got me a good outfit that looked good and stuff. And so you didn't have to provide your own costuming. Like no. they're like, well, I, I imagine with a Tim Burton production, he's not leaving any of that shit to chance. He knows exactly what he wants when, when it comes to aesthetics. Right. And so then the next day, uh, I show up at the appointed time at the same school and they bus us up the hill where, you know, they had people can't just go up to that to that house. It was like blocked off with guards and stuff. But of course, we could because we're working on it. So we got bussed up to the hill. And shortly after we got there, a few other buses come and out come Winona Ryder. What? And Jenna Ortega. Come on. And Kathleen O'Hara, who you know, <gasps> recently oh, wow. on Schitt's Creek, she, yeah. she was in it. And then a couple of guys, Justin Thoreau, and then I forget the other man's name, who were in this scene. Mm-hmm. And that's all common knowledge because there's, you know, so I can say that. Well, and and, and then, most of them were in the original, so it's not a surprise. Yeah. And it's not, I don't think that's spilling any tea to let people know. But Kathleen O'Hara, yeah. I mean, I go back to when I was a small child and first seeing her on SCTV. Yes. I, I've been watching her my entire oh, yeah. life, man. And so I am so glad she's involved in this. Winona has aged wonderfully. I'm going to ask an important question. Did you see Tim Burton? Yeah, no, that's the whole thing. He was the, I got to spend an entire day watching him direct the scene right that's there. Super and cool. in fact, it's kind of a it's kind of it's very cool but it's also a bummer. Um so he actually picked me out to do a thing. Um and so uh, Tim I can say that Tim Burton directed me for 2 minutes. Because, I hope it's on the resume already. And cuz well what it was is is he just kind of I, I think he liked my look, my Vermont mountain man, I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. But he picked me and this woman and we were um just to do this thing where we walk to the house and greet Kathleen O'Hara's character and then and walk in at a formal thing. And so we blocked it a couple times and he was like, "Okay, take a, a little bit less of a pause here and then go up the stairs and you know and then I walk into this room, which is like a fake because it's not real house in there. But there's a little <laughs> room, and you know, right in this little room is you know, there's Winona Ryder standing right next to me, and she wasn't paying attention to me. She was chatting among other people, but I'm just like, this is very surreal. Do but, you get then, starstruck? You know, it, I, I thought it was like so cool, but it wasn't like super starstruck. Right. Them, not like you know, it was just like this is very surreal. This is cool. I get to you know. Um, I didn't but, mean to interrupt, but I mean, just like I mean, when if you're around that kind of wattage, it would be hard not to be dazzled a little bit, right? Yeah. But then I walk out, and some like one of the women running the cameras, you know, she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're too tall. You can't do that." That walk, you know, something about the camera angles. Yeah, and they needed so, they needed someone shorter to do that little bit, but. So for the rest of the scene, like I was, there was a lot of extras. And the other funny thing is that there's only like five or six of us who are real locals. Uh Most of the extras I found out came from Boston, SAG, Screen Actors Guild um, members who do this all the time. And came to do it. They go so everywhere you can to be an extra. There's only a few of us right? who are real inexperienced. You know, uh-huh. they they knew what to do, and they kind of coached me like, "Oh, you you just pretend like you're talking at this point," and blah blah blah. But anyway, I got to be uh, like pretty much right up front. There's a 
picture that I may have sent you um, that a local took with a, a zoom lens from way down in the street, you mm-hmm. know, and you can see like Winona Ryder standing there and then like my back and I'm like right in front of her. So that was, it was pretty cool. And hopefully I'll see most people would think I would, at least I would assume that when you move to Vermont, life gets a little quieter. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't think like, oh, that's right. I got that thing with Winona Ryder and Catherine O'Hara and Tim Burton today. Honey, I got a dip, but I'll be back in a little while. I'll grab some preserves and a fresh sweater on the way home. Unbelievable. We need another song. We've been talking too long. Tell me about the band Ghost, because Ghost early on to me seemed like a cartoon. But I have so many people who have raved about the band over the years that I've I've at least now I'm keeping an open mind. Tell me about the band Ghost and why you picked this song. So Ghost is a band that I've loved for a while. Um, I just recently saw them, not not like this, not yesterday, last, but the weekend before that. Um, my son Harley and I drove to a suburb of Boston to a cool amphitheater and saw them. It was my fifth time seeing them. I'd seen them at uh, Myth Nightclub, and then they kept playing slightly bigger places. Then they played the Palace in St. Paul. Then they played the Armory. Then last year I took Harley to see him at the Target Center, and Harley fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. And it's his most streamed band on Spotify, and just his favorite band. He says everything. But so I've loved. We both love them. I unabashedly love them. A lot of people kind of knock them and say, "Oh, it's just a, it's just a silly gimmick." Well, early or, on, I mean, let's be honest. Early on, lead singer guy was doing the goth undead pope thing, right? And I think for people who didn't bother to listen to the music, that was a very striking image. And I think a lot of people made up their mind before they ever heard a song. Yeah. So yeah. So he plays like this sort of. Uh, people describe it as a demonic anti-pope satanic whatever you know and they they do flirt with all that kind of imagery but mm-hmm. it's, it's very tongue-in-cheek they have all these stories and yeah he takes on a different he calls himself papa emeritus and that was his <laughs> first uh, one and then two and like he takes on every tour cycle he takes on like a new mask with different you know stuff and um yeah it's all very interesting and all the uh uh players in the band are nameless ghouls and they have these big masks on and so it's this whole thing but they put on a really fun production and i love the music and some people criticize the music too and say oh it just sounds like it's a blue oyster cult ripoff or this or that cool by um, me man i like blue oyster cults yeah, some of it's super heavy and some of it's um more i don't know they, they do some ballads and things but it all pretty much rocks and yeah so they're just a super fun band and we just saw them last week and had a great time so I thought I'd uh, play one of their live tunes
Oh, that's how they're going to end it. I guess so. I guess that's over. That's Sean. I'm Brian. That's John Copeland over there, our guest. Um, do you have even, I know that now you keep an itinerary, but I imagine there was a day when, like many people, you were just going out to see shows. You didn't have a particular itinerary. Maybe you always did. You are a librarian by trade, let's be honest. Do you have even a vague estimate or an exact number of the, of the number of shows you've seen in your life? In my life, no, that would be hard to really figure <laughs> yeah. it out because it's accelerated. Even though I've always seen music for many years, but I mean, it, yeah. it's thousands because I've oh, been yeah. to more than a thousand shows, and you go to shows almost every damn day. Well, when I'm here, I do. Um, you know, in Vermont, it, there there might be a week in between. There might be you know in the winter stretches of a few weeks. So it's, it's what are you an, doing it, with your time in between shows? I, all I know you as is a librarian and a showgoer. What are you doing with your downtime in, in Vermont? Well, besides the, you know the nature walks and all that stuff. Stuff. Yeah. I do. I do have a part-time job in Vermont. I work at some of the rest areas yep. or information centers. Um, I'm technically called an information ambassador, but uh, which is what? Well, I mean, well, I mean, a first of all, very fancy and kind official of a sounding title, but <laughs> not entirely different from what you've done with the rest of your life, right? But it is, you know. So we're supposed to give them information about Vermont and help people with directions and whatever else. You know, also make coffee for them, but you know, I also clean the toilets once a day, and I also pick up the trash and you know, t- cigarette butts in the. So you know, so I do that, and I try to get as much work as I can. I'm still kind of looking. There's a possibility of a library position. I'm still hoping to get some kind of library thing out there, but for the time being, it's fun to work at this place. Well, and I guess that was what I was asking. Is less so like, what are you doing with your life, John? More of a like, you know, I mean, like obviously music and being a Hollywood extra and going on nature walks. These are your things. I just wondered, are you are you fulfilled in Vermont? Are you happy there? Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm with my family and there's I mean, we, you know, meet cool people. There's cool people who live around us and, you know, we do things and what is, what give me one fact about Vermont that we corn fed Minnesotans would have <laughs> looks right at would, me. Uh, well, no, I, I was I looked at you and I was looking at a mirror. Sean. Okay, okay right, that's right. what was happening right there. But I mean, I just, you know, sort of Minnesotans who have never, ever spent any time that far northeast. What is it about Vermont that we wouldn't know that would be appealing when we got there? That would be appealing. You wouldn't know because, like, everybody knows about the leaf peepers. And of people course. Going, mm-hmm. um, I mean, just is the general demeanor of the people there wonderful? Like, do, it, were, were you were you welcomed with open arms yeah. from the second you got there? It is for the most part. I mean, there you know every place is going to have your you know rednecks and this and that. Right. But for the most part, yeah, people are very open and accepting. And like, you drive by someone, especially on our small country roads, and mm-hmm. people wave at each other. And um, you know stuff like that, and human it, decency. Are you telling me there's human decency <laughs> in like, Vermont? You know, yeah, and I don't run into you know road rage out there or right. anything. It's it's much it's peaceful, and so yeah, it's <sighs> it's, it's it's a nice nice place to. When you realized that you were going to be coming back here to Minnesota, even briefly, did you immediately go online and find a way to see music every single fucking day that you were here? I pretty much did, and then other things fell into my. You know, I looked up because I knew I was going to be here during the fair. Right. So I'm thrilled. I got to go out there and see Kiss the Tiger tonight. I'm seeing Absolutely Fabulous. I saw so many people share. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. I saw so many people share pictures of that Kiss the Tiger performance. Wow. It must have been a mind bender. Oh, man. It was amazing. Megan. It, it is, looked is, great. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I've, I've seen Katie Vernon, so I've always wanted to see the ABBA band. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to see Gully Boys and I'm going to see <gasps> Intoxicats. Oh. oh. Ah. Those are both tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. 
Gully, Gully Boy. I didn't know Gully Boys were playing at the fair. Yeah, they're playing two nights at the Shells stage. I'm going to be out there tomorrow. Do and I then, have to stick then, around and watch them? And then earlier uh, at like 4.45, Intoxicats are playing, and they were just on the show. Is that also tomorrow? Yeah. See, I'm going out tomorrow to be on Common Man Show from oh, yeah. KFAN, but I was going to like turn around and get the bleep out of there just because... At that time of day, it's so crowded there, and I'm fine with it, but if it's hot and crowded and I can only take so much of it, but now if there's things to do, yeah, we're, we're going to have to talk, John. You sent us this itinerary of bands that you have seen. Just This is only recently uh, <laughs> of the year so far. You have seen now... My daughter, you know, our kids are not dissimilar in age, right? I mean, they're they're very close to each other and maybe also in aesthetic, whatever. I was just noticing here, and sadly, I just moved away from it. You recently saw my my daughter's current favorite band, um, Ice Nine Kills. My daughter has become so. They opened up for the Metallica show. You saw, yeah, one of the Metallica. And shows. I've never I've never seen Ice Nine Kills. I know very little about them. But my daughter now spends her days going online looking for used concert t-shirts all the weird merch literally every day when i come home literally every i'm using the word literally like the way it's supposed to be and a librarian will appreciate that there's a package on the front steps and it's often ice nine kills merch were they any good you know i didn't they didn't impress me that much but uh but you know it's a huge like it's you know metallica plays at eighty thousand seat arenas right and it's kind of hard for an opening band and they have this weird circular stage thing and stuff like that yep I think are they the band that does some sort of impalerish like violent like things? You're asking the wrong guy. Uh, so you, there was two bands. Well, there was Five Finger Death Punch in the, on that show as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. Ice Nine Kills was the first band. Yeah. yeah. They do like some things where they, you know he's got a chainsaw and he's got a axe and he's you know doing and they do some like weird like choreographed stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting to watch. All but. right. Well, it just my daughter is such a complete fanatic for that band that I'm like I probably should pay attention. Thank God she hasn't asked me to go. Luckily, she has friends that really want to go. So, but uh, can't make this one. Sorry about that. So <laughs> everything is good. Uh, John, it's good to have you back in Minnesota, man. How much longer are you here? I'm uh, here through uh, Labor Day. Are you seeing shows every damn day? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm, you know, more stuff at the fair, like the Bob Mould holds, holds Steady show. And then the, the night before that, the Shackletons are playing and... My friend nice. Paul, I got to shout out to Paul, front row Paul Angerbretson, because yes. uh, he got me uh, tickets to see the Shackletons and told me about that show, and he actually picked me up at the airport Saturday night and yeah, took me straight to, yeah. what, what, is it Waconia? Waconia. Waconia is how you pronounce it, uh, to see a suburbs show. He literally picked him up at the airport yeah. and drove him out to Waconia. That's not a short drive. No. I've driven to Waconia many times. That's a healthy drive. He came and got you and took you to that show. Yeah, and we got there immediately and ran into other music friends, and it was like a little two, it was a free concert. It was at this place called the Garage Bar and Bowl or something, and it was free, and it was like a 200-capacity place. It was small. I was standing, like, right in front, of course. We were in front. <laughs> and, like, you know. Shocking. Chan's keyboards are, like, up, yep. you know, right in front of me. Eyeball and level. I, yeah. I mean, it was amazing. To this day, the Suburbs are the band that I've seen live more than any other band on planet Earth, because I started going when I was 15 years old. And, you know, when you're in high school, the suburbs were obviously hot in the 80s, but they played all this family-friendly stuff and all-ages stuff. And then growing up, I continued to see them. I've probably seen them a good, 
30, 35 times, something in that ballpark. But they remain a great band. I've seen them not that long ago. They do. And the thing is, there's two original members, just Chan and Hugo. Hugo, but, baby. But they've got like also newer members, but that they've been with them for well, a and while Steve now. Steve Price plays yeah. with them, right? Yeah, Steve Price on bass. And then they've got like the my two favorite Minneapolis guitar players or Minnesota, whatever. Steve Brantig and Jeremy Ilvesacker mm-hmm. are both in that band. And to see them play off each other and do these things... It's yeah, they still do, they still bring it. You're still, I mean, you're dealing with a whole band full of wizards. Well, uh, keep an eye on your phone tomorrow because I have to be out there for a radio bit for about one hour, and I was going to go home right afterwards. I don't really have a lot cooking tomorrow, and if you're telling me I could see the Intoxicats and who else? Gully Boys, son of a B word. I think I have plans tomorrow, Sean. <laughs> Rest we have, up. We have to go. Uh, but before we do, I want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank the good people at Moxie Wealth Management for all they've done for us all this time. Thank you very much. I want to thank you, Sean Bernard. Oh, you're welcome. But I mean it sincerely. Oh, I'm not being a sarcastic no, you're, ass. You're very welcome. I'm not being sarcastic either. That's this is the problem saying. after years and years of doing this. We always think we're giving each other shit. <laughs> well, which we often do. We do. It's the Irish way. But in, in any event, <laughs> thank you very much. And thanks to our friends at Audio Equip. Without them, we have none of this fine equipment that makes this sound like an actual professional fucking podcast. Because we've all heard the shit ones, and uh, we try to avoid that here whenever we... Now, I didn't say content. I just said the technical execution. They're the ones who have made that possible. If you have any sort of broadcasting, promotional, anything needs, talk to our friends at Audio Equip, the little red uh, logo with the A and the arrow, because there are other Audio Equips out there who, frankly, are all bastards. Uh, We'll be back (laughs) again with another podcast, but we do have to go for now. John, what... I mean, so you obviously have plans to here. You're going back to Vermont. Have you had your first proper Vermont winter? Yep, yeah, just lived through a Vermont winter. And how was it? I mean, is it like here? Is it like snowy and cold? And it, It's very similar climate, although I was looking at comparing weather forecasts, and it looks like you got much more snow here in Minneapolis, and it got much colder. We, we only went below zero like once. Um, you know, but it's cold and snowy, but not quite as extreme. The extreme thing has been the floods this this year. Really? Lots and of like, rain, right? We had a yeah, lots of rain and like our bridge that we take to get to our house <laughs> it, it is co- completely destroyed and so we have to take this weird alternate route that's much longer and sketchier roads. <laughs> and so we're like you have to fix it. For a while they were saying they wouldn't fix it by winter and we're like there's no other way like we In it here. has to be fixed cuz these other roads are are undrivable. So right. we're hoping to get our bridge fixed by winter but but yeah, it, it's yeah, it's cold and snowy, and it's the whole you get the whole four seasons there. I love it. Sounds like he's living on the Louisiana Purchase or something. Fucking fix, <laughs> fix the bridges in Come Vermont, on. John. It's really cool to see your face again, man. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. Always good. And you're welcome back every single time you come through town. And I know it's not going to be often enough, but there we are. Now, another band that we're going to end with here. You get the, the remainder of the show, and you get to talk us up into this band. On paper, I don't want to like this band, but I like you so much that I want to like this band. I want, to t- I want you to tell me, A, who the f- are Hollywood vampires, and B, why do you like them? Well, Hollywood Vampires are kind of a super group. It's Alice Cooper, Joe Perry from Aerosmith, Johnny Depp, who's a musician as well as an actor, mm-hmm. and then um, some other people, Alice Cooper's drummer. And but, they're, I, but they're obviously the three principals, Yeah, they're, they're, right? they're the main ones. Um, and so I, you know, I've been an Alice Cooper fan for my whole life, despite his recent fucking uneducated 
were comments about trans people and stuff. Ooh. But uh, yeah, but that kind of bummed me out. But uh, besides that, yeah, I've I've loved Alice Cooper, and I've you know liked Johnny Depp act, acting, and you know Aerosmith dudes are cool, whatever. So they put together this ba- all star band called Hollywood Vampires, and they're good, and they're really good. Yeah, we got tickets, and we drove the whole family went. I went with Westy and Harley, and we all went to New Hampshire, and we had great um, seats, like right Johnny Depp side of the stage, and it was just they're so energetic, and they they do. You know, a couple Alice Cooper songs, a couple Aerosmith songs, and then they do cover songs. And, um, yeah, so it was fun after seeing Winona in the flesh. In the same month, I got to see her expo, Johnny Depp in the flesh, um, playing guitar. And we, I got one of his guitar picks. And, yeah, it was just cool. If we ever play a game of Six Degrees of Separation, do you know how important John Copeland's going to yeah, be for you, us? You will fly him in. Let's <laughs> 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 just say that. John, you have a good rest of 2023, all right? I will. And yeah, I just want to say that this this song is one that is sung by Johnny Depp and it's uh, his cover of David Bowie Heroes.
Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414. 